Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Harry Belafonte. I was a victim of McCarthyism. I was considered too left. I was a communist fellow traveler, and the FBI had hounded me. And so was that. A lot of people sought to uh, distance themselves somewhat because uh, I was too threatening. Never would I accept the world condition as I had experienced it, that I myself would uh, use every platform and every moment that I had to do battle with the system. Harry Belafonte didn't have to become an activist. The King of Calypso could have just smiled, sang, and faded away. Or he could have made his name, and his millions, making a noise on stage, but stayed quiet when it mattered. Instead, Belafonte became that rare thing, an entertainer who was unafraid of taking a stand, an artist who spoke up and inspired so many others to do the same. Welcome back to the Black Star Podcast. I'm Ashley Clark, programmer of the Black Star Film Season at London's BFI Southbank. The Black Star Season is a nationwide celebration of the range, power and versatility of black actors. Over six weekly episodes, we're telling the stories of six black stars and looking at how they helped shape the landscape of Hollywood and the world beyond. Last week, we focused on the legendary Hattie McDaniel, the first black Oscar winner and one of the most visible and controversial black stars of Hollywood's golden age. This complex, enigmatic figure frequently played the black domestic, on screen and on stage, drawing criticism from all corners for perpetuating a stereotype. I'd rather play a maid, she said, than be a maid. This week, though, we pay tribute to an actor and singer who made a career out of rocking the boat, the indomitable Harry Belafonte. First time I saw you walk on by, you've got the look. The talk of the town and the queen of style, you've got the look. Now, when I sing the Banana Boat song and I do Dale, Dale, Daylight Coming, it isn't just a song. That's Harry talking to the journalist Peter Preston at London's BFI Southbank in 1996. Those were the men of my family in Jamaica who worked on the plantations of the United Fruit Company and the absentee British landlords who owned those sugarcane plantations and those banana plantations. The work was grueling, it was difficult, 
If you got the work at all, you wanted to do it at night because it was cooler, easier to work. You sang in order to give your spirits some lift while doing this, this mundane, tedious stuff. And uh, when people listen to that song, and if they do happen to sing it, I think soon they begin to say, what are these words about? What does it mean? Harry was born into politics, or at least into a neighbourhood that was politically charged. New York's Harlem in 1927 was a borough with a burgeoning sense of black pride. The Harlem Renaissance was in full bloom. Black artists like Langston Hughes, Zora Neale Hurston and Claude McKay were part of a group of painters, musicians and writers who made it a black cultural capital. Many of these artists came to the borough to flee racial segregation in the South, seeking a community that would let them foster pride in their blackness. We can't say Harry took direct inspiration from the scene. He moved to his mother's homeland, Jamaica, when he was five. But let's just say a seed was sown. His political activism took root later, after a stint in the Navy and his return to America. Two men in particular inspired that awakening. One was Paul Robeson, and the other was a great American intellectual by the name of Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois. I got to know and to meet these men when I was quite young, and they found reason to, uh, to embrace me and to guide me and to give me the benefit of their, uh, their intelligence and their experience. Let's put Harry on pause for a moment to introduce the first of those mentors, the extraordinary Paul Robeson. Born in 1898, this New Jersey native did it all. This is how Maya Mask, professor of film at Vassar College, describes him. Here's a man who was literally brilliant. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He was a talented uh, athlete and performer. He excelled in every area, both the arts and law, right? But was never able to play roles that came close to who he was in real life. Robeson's first movie role came in 1925. Body and Soul was directed by the star of the first episode of our podcast, Oscar Michaud. But, fed up of Jim Crow-era racism and searching for new opportunities, Robeson moved to Britain in the late 1920s. He became our first genuine black film star and one of the first black celebrity activists. His own political awakening was the result of strange circumstance. See a minor and a film star together, the husky one's the minor. Well, usually. That's newsreel footage from 1949. It's announcing Robeson's arrival as the honoured guest of a group of Scottish miners. The actor and the mining community had forged an unlikely alliance more than ten years earlier. Maya Mask explains how. He's on tour in the UK with productions of Showboat and learns about Welsh coal miners, believe it or not, who have been locked out of the mines. And they, some, some of them have marched all the way to London to protest. And it's, it's Paul Robeson's there performing and learns about their plight. And it's after that that not only does he lend himself to this struggle, but comes to an awareness of himself as both black and working class. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I am standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge. 
says Joe, but I ain't dead, says Joe, but I ain't dead. There's Robeson singing for his hosts during his visit to Scotland. What comes out of this is the movie Proud Valley. In this stirring drama from 1940, he played the wonderfully named David Goliath, an American sailor who joins rank-and-file Welsh miners organising against the powers that be. This role reflected Robeson's real-life public support for striking mine workers. Following the outbreak of World War II, Robeson returned to America, but he never stopped agitating for change. He met President Harry S. Truman to demand anti-lynching legislation, and he supported the rise of trade unions. But, as the Cold War escalated, Robeson's activism started to come at a cost. He was branded a communist sympathiser, and his passport was revoked by the State Department in 1950, effectively ending his global activism, cutting off his career, and plunging him into a depression that would plague him until his death in 1976. Alive as you and me, says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. Robeson's influence, however, was strong, and his treatment by the authorities didn't deter others, like the bold Belafonte, from following suit. The more radical I became in things that I set out to do, the more distanced I found myself from other blacks as my peers, who found me a bit too threatening. After all, I was a victim of McCarthyism, I was considered too left, I was a communist fellow traveler, uh, McCarthyism and House Un-American Activities and the FBI had hounded me. I took on a life with Paul Robeson and others in protest against international oppression. Belafonte, however, was only getting started. On one hand, he was developing an impressive career for himself as a magnetic screen presence. As army man Joe, tempted by the beautiful Dorothy Dandridge in Otto Preminger's musical Carmen Jones. As Ralph, the survivor of a nuclear apocalypse in the astonishing sci-fi, The World, The Flesh and The Devil. And as tortured bank robber Johnny in Robert Wise's scintillating thriller, Odds Against Tomorrow. On the other hand, there was a different epic unfolding, the battle for the spirit of America. And Belafonte would take a leading role in the fight for civil rights. I had gotten into the civil rights movement with Dr. Martin Luther King and uh, got into the front of it all. And uh, a lot of people sought to uh, distance themselves somewhat because uh, I was too threatening. Belafonte was so committed to the cause that he refused to perform in the segregated South from 1954 until 1961. He provided financial backing for the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Council and participated in numerous rallies and protests. He also picked up some influential allies along the way. Obviously all this meant something because before I knew it, not out of personal solicitation, but out of coincidences with history, all of a sudden I had young people like a man named John Kennedy calling me for instruction when he wanted to become President of the United States. If any moment symbolised the thrilling mixture of Belafonte's politics and stardom, it came in 1963 when he chartered a plane to shuttle a clutch of celebrities including Marlon Brando, Burt Lancaster and Charlton Heston, from L.A. to the landmark March on Washington. This protest for civil rights, human rights and workers' rights 
attracted over 250,000 people, and speakers including fellow black stars like Josephine Baker, Ruby Dee and Ozzy Davis. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965 didn't end racism in America, but they represented great legislative strides. And Belafonte, actor, singer, entertainer, firebrand, was at the very forefront of that movement. So how about today? What's the role of the black celebrity in a divided America that's perpetually in a state of racial turmoil? Is it still the responsibility of black stars to be political? If you're in the United States where race is very much an issue, I think you have no other choice than to be political. That's Charlene Register, Associate Professor of African, African American and Diaspora Studies at the University of North Carolina. You are already marked and coded as a black performer. You're never allowed to be seen as just a performer and somehow extricate your blackness. So I think because you are coded in that way or marked in that way, you almost have no other choice other than to respond to the politics. Inspired by Belafonte, and often championed by him too, a new generation of protesters has arisen. Yesterday would have been young Tamir Rice's 14th birthday. So I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by and a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and then going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric Garner. Tell that to Sandra Bland. Tell that to Dorian Hunt. Jesse Williams, the charismatic star of TV's Grey's Anatomy, is one of today's most prominent voices. As much activist as actor, he set out his stall at the BET Awards ceremony earlier this year. Freedom is somehow always conditional here. You're free, they keep telling us. But she, she, she would have been alive if she hadn't acted so free. Now, freedom is always coming in the hereafter. You know what, though? The hereafter is a hustle. We want it now. Like Belafonte, Williams knows he has a platform, and he's determined to use it. His words were taken up by Twitter and fed a frenzy on Facebook. It was a brave speech, impassioned, idealistic, incendiary. And it was, in a way, quite old-fashioned, according to the writer and musician Greg Tate. I mean, Jesse Williams has obviously in one fell swoop kind of became like the, uh, the, contempt, the modern equivalent to the Belafonte. Through Robeson, through Belafonte, the bloodline of protest runs on. It hasn't harmed William's career. He enjoys his success and has a beloved fan base, including 1.8 million Twitter followers. But, says Tate, perhaps Williams, an actor still on the rise, can speak up because he doesn't have too much to lose. Jesse Williams, you know, is, a, is an ensemble player on a, a hit TV show. He also doesn't have a feature film career. Not as deep in the game as kind of all those black actors they, they flashed through during his speech who were looking like shocked and chagrined. I'm not casting aspersions on anybody. I think he just spoke out of his own uh, conscience, his own education, his own radicality. It's not as if black men who, who command a mass audience 
in that way have particularly ended up well in the history of America. It's like being a radical black star, definitely uh, one of the quicker ways kind of go from being at the top of the food chain to the graveyard. Take a stand and you take a risk. Today's black star activists might not have to balance career and conscience like some of their forebears, but it takes guts to take on a cause, even if popular opinion is swinging in your favor. As the early 2000s turned into the 2010s, white people began to wear clothing and accessories associated with hip-hop. More and more celebrities could be seen wearing cornrows and braids and even grills. Hunger Games actor Amanda Stenberg, who at 18 makes 35-year-old Jesse Williams look like a grand old man, is a young star who is totally unafraid of speaking out. In 2015, her short film, Don't Cash Crop My Cornrows, about cultural misappropriation, went viral and she's embraced the internet, talking about various issues. Online activism is a powerful experience, she wrote, in an op-ed for Teen Vogue magazine. And I believe we are creating real change through it. So I've been seeing this question a lot on social media, and I think it's really relevant. What would America be like if we loved black people as much as we love black culture? There's more. The organization Blackout for Human Rights came together in the wake of police killings of unarmed black men like Eric Garner and Michael Brown. Comprised of activists, faith leaders and citizens, Blackout for Human Rights also counts among its number a host of black stars who channel the political energy of forebears like Harry Belafonte. On Martin Luther King Day this year, the organisation hosted an event called MLK Now. This event celebrated Dr King's legacy and explored how his messages resonate in today's heated racial climate. Speakers at the event included prominent black stars like Chris Rock, Octavia Spencer, Andre Holland and Michael B. Jordan, a.k.a. Adonis Creed. Oh, and guess who else was there too? I am honoured to be standing here with the many young men and women who have spoken to the interests and to the adventures of the day. Yes, Harry Belafonte, still agitating for equality at 89. So let's give the final word to Harry, here recounting some of the best advice he ever received from his hero, Paul Robeson. He said to me, uh, you know, the function of art, as I see it, is really not to show life just as it is, but to show life as it should be. And I think that we as black people have the obligation to our people and to our struggle to instruct and to inspire and to show life as it should be. We should not just speak to our degradation, we should also speak to our imagination and what we can possibly achieve. And that struck struck me very deeply because beyond just being an actor, what was the purpose with it all? Just to play a play or is it to... or was it a larger mission? And in that instruction, I found a larger mission. Thanks for listening to the Black Star Podcast. The rebellion continues next week as we turn our attentions to the first lady of black exploitation, the mighty Pam Greer.
Hi all, it's Blackstar producer Henry Barnes here, jumping in with the credits and I'm sat for want of a better location in the BFI Stephen Street's foyer. The Blackstar podcast is co-written and presented by Ashley Clark, co-written and produced by me, Henry Barnes, with additional production by Peter Sale. This episode of Blackstar contains short clips of the following. The Banana Boat Song, performed by Harry Belafonte and released by RCA Victor in 1956. Jesse Williams' speech at the 2016 BET Awards, held on June 26th of this year, and presented by BET Networks. Amandla Stenberg's video essay, Don't Cash Crop My Cornrows, produced by Quinn Masterson and Amandla Stenberg, and Harry Belafonte's address to the 2016 MK Now event, directed by Paul Fant. As ever, you can send your feedback to podcast at bfi.org.uk. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.